welcome. This is the Alchemist Inkwell. It is your spiritual podcast for grounded people. I'm Emily. And I am Crystal Lynn. And we have a really interesting, um, relevant episode to talk about right now. It's been coming up a lot. I've seen it on social media. And it's a subject that I think is a little bit vague. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that I see about it is what is a twin flame? You know, like, mm-hmm. is it a, you know, star-crossed lover? Is it a, an antithesis? Is it um, like a life partner situation? That seems to not be settled upon in the greater social media community. And Emily and I seem to really agree on our interpretations of it from several years of research and experience into it. Yeah. So we figured we would take this chance since someone in a recent thread did ask us about it. Um, Mm-hmm. We figured we'd take this opportunity to sort of explain our research and experience regarding twin flames. And then yep. we're also going to cover some of the dynamic, my favorite word for explaining active astrology, the dynamic astrology from April 8th through the 14th. Yeah. A uh, couple things I want to touch on with this too, before we get going and diving in. First of all, I just realized we're both wearing yellow and that made me happy. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to start there. Uh, but yeah, we wanted to talk about twin flames today. It is not my favorite topic and I'm going to be super clear about this. Um, it's not something that either of us were like, yay. It was more like, we should bring this up because much like people who really throw around the word empath, it is very much different than it is commonly talked about. So we're going to talk a little bit about that because we've been asked repeatedly because it is seeming to trend for whatever reason right now. And I'm sure there's an astrological reason that Krista will touch on, but also it lends to a lot of deeper thought about how the universe itself works and operates and the ways that the energy comes in and how we're experiencing it, which perfectly in alignment with our energy to talk about it right now, not going to lie. So that's why we're bringing it up not to mention the astrology that is i like your word dynamic um and the energy coming in our space over the next you know week or so is it's pretty dynamic (laughs) it's pretty dynamic dynamic's Um, the best way of saying busy without putting a yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so it's a perfect time to talk about stuff that's probably going to trigger you on some level yeah. Oh, and much yes. like, much like twin flames, you know, both twin flames and astrology have multiple ways that those same topics can be as- expressed. So you look at a transit and there are two ways it can go, or, you know, any ways in the, uh, the spectrum between those two and twin flames do kind of fall into the, uh, more of the mirroring each other. In my opinion, it's very much about looking at a reflection when you're looking at a twin flame. So you would think like a twin flame is the same because twin, but in a, in a higher self perspective, I believe, and again, have, <laughs> have experienced that it tends to be the reflection, possibly the shadow side, sometimes the lighter side, depending on where you're at in your journey at that time. It is, I will venture always constructive, but not always enjoyable to go through having a relationship be that platonic or romantic with your twin flame. Yeah. So a couple misconceptions about twin flames that I want to clear up right off the bat. You do not guaranteed have one that's on planet with you right now. You mm-hmm. probably have one in energetic reality. They do not yeah. have to be incarnated right now, nor is it something that you should be actively seeking in order to become a complete or whole person. Please, for the love of yeah. God, do not do that. 
if you decided you were going to have a twin flame here and you and your twin flame decided that before you entered on planet and you are going to meet each other when you need to meet each other and you will activate the shit out of each other when you need to activate the shit out of each other that is not something you need to be seeking in order to become a whole person and that tends to be the biggest misconception it's like oh that's my person and they're going to take me to the next level they'll take you to the next level if they are here but it is not something that you need to call in actively because it's going to um not always be a pleasant next level experience yeah it's more like a a pluto kind of experience if we're going to use an archetype it's transformational through the process of death into rebirth uh so it it really does often result in an ego death that opens up your eyes and takes your thinking and consciousness to a new level to be able to accept things broader than you were willing to see before and yeah yeah um i would also say another misconception romantically twin flames are not usually romantic partners genuinely you might Mm -hmm. be romantic for a little while um, but it's going to be very intense it's going to be next level it's going to be all this different stuff but not in necessarily a way where you're like this is sustainable for like this is the person I'm supposed to be with I'm not saying that that is impossible it can happen but it usually ends up doing like a fishtail thing where you end up go meeting doing a little romantic stuff completely splitting growing separately and then coming back if that is a twin flame thing and i don't want you guys to put all of your eggs into that basket because again typically with twin flame stuff if you do have one even if you do have something romantic it is not for a long term it is a catalyst Mm -hmm. more than anything else and catalytic reactions don't last 25 years they are a moment in time that is a small statement Yeah. I remember even reading in the Theta Healing books when I was first uh, introduced to the whole twin flame concept, which was probably six or seven years ago at this point. um, The way Viana Stibble, who wrote the books and kind of coined Theta Healing, really talked about them was in this concept too. So Mm -hmm. at that point, she explained in her book, this is what it's like. This is what it'll feel like. All the things that we're saying right now. And I was like, oh, this individual that I dated for a whole three months, but then realized it wasn't, it was an enamor infatuation, which is kind of, if you think about it, and I'm willing to say this about my past self, an ego trip, Uh because you're so drawn and attracted to this personality that mirrors your own. (laughs) It's a little bit like Narcissus looking in the pool, you know? And so you're drawn to it, but you're going to get yourself dunked (laughs) to Uh be honest. There's an episode of Broad City where Alana dates this girl because she looks exactly like her. And that is literally (laughs) what it reminds me of. And she was like, no, she doesn't. And everyone's calling her out like you're dating someone who looks like you just because you want to date someone who looks like you. And she's like, no. And finally she brings it up with the girl and the girl's like, yeah, that's why I'm dating you too. (laughs) Entire energy. And that is very, that's very twin flame is they often are. I mean, all of reality is a mirror. So like, we're just going to start there. All of reality is a mirror, mirror as above, so below, of course. But it's like a microcosm mirror level energy when it comes to twin flame stuff. It is, hey, all of the things you're struggling with, all the things you're feeling to see about yourself, your ego, all these different things represented in a person. And you're doing the same for them. It is an equal part explosion for both of you. It's kind of like when you reach towards the mirror and the reflection reaches back and it cracks and the uh-huh. reflection world kind of breaks through and touches your world for a second, you uh-huh. get to experience that flip side. And yeah. yeah, it's definitely a transformative relationship dynamic uh, situation experience, however you want to put it. It is yeah. so catalyzing. I really like mm-hmm. that word. What I will also say though, too, is um, with friends, with uh, 
twin flames that are very much like never go into anything beyond platonic stuff, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to see the triggers for what they are, the transformation yeah. for what it is, because you're not wrapped up to it into it with as much feeling. And those twin flame style relationships tend to actually be friendships for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. There will <laughs> typically be a lot of fights with those um, yeah. <laughs> uh, relationships, though. I will say that for sure, because it's always you're both lighting each other on fire when the other one needs it, which is a beautiful and essential way to have a friendship in a lot of ways, but doesn't mean that it's comfortable either. (laughs) I actually, um, one of my closest, dearest friends right now, I've had two experiences that I would consider possible twin flame experiences. And I'm Mm -hmm. not saying everybody has multiple twin flames either, but uh, one was a relationship dynamic that really launched me through trials and tribulations into my intuitive acceptance journey. Uh, Mm -hmm. Another one was this individual that who is now a lifelong friend of mine, but through a journey, um, we like to call it our hero hero and villain origin story kind of thing, Mm -hmm. because we met into kindergarten when this person hit me in the head with a piece of coal and cracked my head open for no reason, (laughs) never really got a reason out of it. And then throughout school, it became this, whenever we were near each other, we were arguing or downright fighting. There were even like death threats at one point. And then at some point we grew to enjoy the arguing. We grew to enjoy the way that we challenged each other. And it became this dynamic for us that if someone else tried to get involved, we were like, excuse me, we're having an argument. We're having a good time. Can you leave? (laughs) And now like we literally hang out all the time and it's, it's settled down. So I'm inclined to believe that this individual is truly actually like a guide or someone that might Mm -hmm. be part of my soul family, less a twin flame. But that to me is very much suiting the archetype of a twin flame situation that can be enduring because it was one where you challenged each other and I am different now because of the way this person challenged me. And they have said that they are different because of the way that I was able to challenge them. Yeah. And we both grew and are able to sort of honor each other. It's that whole namaste, like the light in me totally, I see the light in you now and I like it. And mm-hmm. that, that whole thing. Um, but we do still get into some trouble when, when we're together for, for long periods of time, we end up do like, we frustrate people. <laughs> I get it. It's not perfect. Well, no, but I think that that is a really good expression of that energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, another misconception is very much the like romanticized idea that like, Mm -hmm. you you want to call the twin flame in and it's going to be this beautiful, even if it's, you know, destructive, whatever. And it's a lot realer than that. (laughs) It's a lot more dynamic since we're using that word a whole bunch today. It's a lot more, um, you will stare yourself in the face in a really, Mm -hmm. really intense way. And that is oftentimes really rough. So I think since it's becoming coming up so much in collective, I think it's just really important for us to define it um, and to help us understand that. I've also done a decent amount of channeling on this. Um, it, It tends to be that the same twin flame has gone through a lot of lives with you, or at least you guys have a higher self kind of agreement sort of situation of like, your twin flames always it's like kind of it's, it shows up um and so there's tends to be especially if you do fall for them very quickly those kind of things it's like oh we've known each other in past lives yep and you activated each other then too like it's yep. just a constant kind of energy that is in that motion and it's a really beautiful important role again not everyone has one in this lifetime because maybe that's not what you're needing and that's perfectly valid but you have one probably in past lives or your higher self has one you name it there's tons of different ways that it can happen um 
but it's not required to feel complete or to have this existence. Like you can activate without that. It's just some of us chose to go a different route with it. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't want to call it a shortcut, but it's like taking the shortest route between two points to learn a mm-hmm. lot in a very intense amount of time. If you watch anime, it's kind of like cram school. So it's like doing extra school outside of school so that you can cover a lot of ground in a short span of time. <laughs> or it's like a time <laughs> jump where all of a sudden yeah. all of your characters have up-leveled massively and it, you're just like, how did this happen over two months? Like, we didn't really explain it. It just did. And you're like, yeah. all right. Like, <laughs> that's definitely another way like in the uh in the emperor's new group where it's like how did you beat us here i don't know how did we beat them here i don't know it doesn't make any sense and like it breaks the third wall a little bit i learned recently that the emperor's new groove was entirely improvised and they made the animation around it there wasn't a script which i just think is beautiful and amazing which is why so much of it is like absolutely chaotic (laughs) (laughs) which is fantastic yeah yeah It's really interesting. And I love that we're doing this episode right now because it is such a cerebral time that we're all kind of sitting in of thinking about like the world. We even got into this huge discussion before we even hopped on (laughs) to record this about like the nature of our souls and like the nature of why we're here and those kind of things. And I think it's a perfect time to have that kind of discussion and twin flames really lends to that too. So I always encourage you, like we're giving you all, not the end all be all information, but basically what our interpretation is based on years of ourselves living it, years of study, years of channeling that we've both gone through separately as well as together and giving you the tools to decipher yourself. If you have different beliefs around it, if something else resonates with you, by all means, go for it. That is your zone, but it is important to have these dialogues around these really pop spiritual subjects like i mentioned earlier like being an empath like twin flames like um you know different things like witchcraft or spellcraft like those things that come up and we talk about pop astrology all the time and they tend to be just really quick little grab ideas that can show up in a meme but there's so much depth there that is erased and just having these deeper conversations is the perfect in a perfect alignment with us right now and i highly encourage you all do this in your personal life too Yeah. This is what I like to call doing your research. It's not saying, oh, this is one source I'm going to listen to. And I'm only going to take this source into accountability. And I'm only going to believe this source. We're going to talk about this later in the astrology, ironically. Um, It's doing your research. It's looking at various sources. So what we are doing is providing a source to add to your resource research. We are Mm -hmm. one voice among many that we hope that you are listening to right now so that you can take those, integrate those into your worldview and see what aligns best with you and then move forward and experiment with that lifestyle, with that worldview, with that um, perspective to see how you end up living it. Because that's the ultimate thing. You're going to live this in your way. We're just giving you ideas for how to begin navigating that journey. If you're in the middle of it, if it hasn't begun yet, or if you're acknowledging now that there was an experience and this is giving it some, um, some, what did it start with an A? Yeah, okay. no, um, validation, I think is the word I'm going for. Some validation, okay. but I think there's a word that starts with an A that my brain's trying to find. I'll let you know if I find it. Okay. Yeah. Affirmation maybe. <laughs> I feel like that's not it either though. Yeah. You know where I'm going, right? (laughs) Yes. No, hold on. I want it now. Me too. Every (laughs) listener is screaming the word at us right now. I'm just going to. Right. When we get Um, it, it's going to be like Wordle and they figure it out before we do. Um, No. Um, Yeah. No, it's not affirmation. We'll get there. Yeah. There may also be a V in it. I can see the letters. I can't 
sound them out. You got to love that. But anyway, that's the idea. If we are, Mm -hmm. if we are, I don't want to say advocating, but it (laughs) fills the space sort of helping you advocate for yourself and your experiences. It's also really important to, um, and I, I get this on my social media platform where people will be like, but someone else says this, this, and this about it. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That is totally fine. Take what resonates the strongest and best spiritual skill that you can develop for yourself is to understand what resonates with your energy and what does not, what is in alignment and what is not and go from there because your truth is essential and important when it comes to these kind of concepts and that you might get channeled information that is different than someone else's. And that is perfectly fine and valid. But what I always say is do not take one person's anything, especially if they say this is the truth and the only truth immediately red flag immediate red flag there because there's no way that that is possible we're all figuring this out we're all on the spiritual journey together and that denies a lot of your power that denies a lot of your learning that is necessary to have you get to have your own power and learning and that comes up a lot on tiktok for me especially when people will be like i'm so thankful you said this like you're the only person i listen to which i appreciate that's super validating but you should also listen to yourself you should also listen to your guides you should find someone else that you resonate with too like it is so important to have many sources um even Kristen and I, I mean, like I bounce everything off of her. I know she bounces a ton of stuff off of me. I bounce it off my guides. I bounce it off of, uh, you know, other spiritual friends we have in the community. Uh, Sometimes we'll see other videos. And the first question, when every time I see a spiritual video, I'm always like, Oop, do I like this energetically? Will I listen to this information energetically? If it feels off, nope, we're moving on. Like, yeah, can't go there. If it feels good, then I'll take it and ask questions deeper, but it's always a matter of questioning that so that you can figure out your own truth and figure out your own alignment. And this twin twin flames is just especially an example of this because it's so easy and it's so triggering for people. Romantic connection is like the most triggering thing you can poke in people like pretty much Mm -hmm. all the time. And so it's such an easy spiritual thing to poke that there's so much misinformation. There's so much things that so many things that are out of alignment on it that it's just a really easy example of showing this larger concept yeah and another uh resource i know this is a weird plug but i did and i'm kind of getting poked to talk about it which is not my normal vibe but i did write a book and it is part Mm -hmm. of a series that is coming out shifted that the main characters are twin flames in the soul existence so mm-hmm. you can see from a soul perspective how twin flames interact with each other. There are prequels. There are two of them out where those those two characters interact in the physical and in the spiritual. And um, it, it ends up being an interesting dynamic. And it's, yeah, yeah it, it even toys around with like the, is this a relationship or is this an enemy's situation? And like, how does that go? And I'm not, I, I don't it doesn't go into like enemies to lovers kind of stuff, but it just kind of honors what the actual energy is the way I was able to channel it in and express it in these stories. So that's an, another three currently resources working on four because the second one's in process right now. Um, that might be able to help part of the shifted series. So I hope that helps yeah. too, but it's just so interesting that people right now are seeking out twin flames. And Mm -hmm. part of that to me is the energy that we're currently in, where people are looking for something to believe in, something to cling to, Mm -hmm. something to trust. And that makes total sense. And I highly recommend, like when you hear something that someone tells you to believe, I like the idea of questioning it. My, my personal way of doing this is like, if, especially if it feels very much like I'm losing my faith in humanity because of this, Mm -hmm. I like to say, huh, 
that's interesting. And then I research it. Like even just this morning, I had heard something from my parents and it still bugged me this morning. So I found three to five resources that talked about it. So I could get three to five different voices and different takes on it. And then found out the actual truth around it. And like what it was, I look up images so I can see as much as possible with my own eyes. And I try to find you know, reputable sources as much as possible, but that's even a gray area these days. Who's going to believe a news source, no matter how much you try to make it uh, a hearty one. But another thing is it almost feels, and let me know what you think about this too, because it was a ping I just got that we are definitely seeking activation because of this shift in dynamic shift in paradigm that we've come into since 2020, we all feel different on the inside and we're looking for someone on the outside to make it feel real. We're also looking for sensation because Mm -hmm. a lot of us have entered a phase where we are very unclear and that is true to the astrology. So don't feel bad if you're feeling this, I've been feeling this too, where it's almost like a numbness on the inside. And we're just looking for someone to activate us, to give us sensation, to help us realize our identity. So a lot of people may be running into twin flames because it is reawakening them Mm -hmm. in this new way of seeing things, perceiving things, living things. I fully a hundred million percent agree. Um, Yes. On all of those levels. I feel like that is a lot of what's going on is people are like, oh my gosh, I need something like wake my soul Mm -hmm. up again. I'm so tired. Part of that is avoidance because that there's, we're entering into like a period where we actually get to grieve all the things that we've lost and changed and whatever, and feeling that no one wants to do. They just want to activate into the next thing. That's what you're being called. It's like, can you take a minute and like grieve what you've gone through? Cause we just went through Mm -hmm. this huge earth shattering change which means versions of you have gotten left behind and you are now an Mm -hmm. entirely new person. And that is perfectly fine, but no one likes to do that, nor does anyone want to confront that. So a lot of it is- And society doesn't support doing that. So it's the pressure from social media and from elsewhere makes us feel like it's wrong to be in that stillness. Yeah. So that's what it is. I think on a a big level too, is people like, I want to feel something instead of feeling what they are. It's like, activate me, push me into the next space, which is great on some level, but you need to hold space for the other side of it too, because you're Mm -hmm. not going to get the positive activation, push you to the next level space without doing that. It's going to keep being avoidance and bypassing, which is just going to make the ball grow bigger and bigger, like a snowman until there's nothing you can do. And then it's going to suck. So (laughs) holding that space equally. Um, But yeah, I think that that, I think you nailed hit right on the head. Well, and it, it comes into laws of motion and even laws of story dynamic. If you think about it, you have for every action, there is a reaction. We had a lot of action. Now we are having reaction, which is processing what happened during the action that swings you back up as the law of momentum swings you back up into the next action, but you have to hit that low. So you can come back up to the high. If you just stay at the high, that's called anxiety. That's called Mm -hmm. fight and flight. And we need a break from that every once in a while. In stories, you see this where you'll have a scene and then a sequel to the scene where something big happens and then they process it, react to it and plan the Mm -hmm. next step. That is story structure. Your life is a story. And Mm -hmm. I think it's very fair that even our laws of physics as we know them currently reflect that as well. Something happens and then it is reacted to, and then something else happens, but you have Mm -hmm. to allow the reaction. And if you avoid that, that is a process of grieving is denial. And Mm -hmm. I've been there. A lot of us have been, it's not anything wrong. It's a step. So even just knowing, like, if you are feeling that you're in the process, congratulations, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, there's no way that this should be. Yeah. This is not a criticism of anybody who's listening. That's like, well, I've been avoiding now, you know, and now you can just, 
open yourself up. We're coming into eclipse season. Transformation is on the menu. So Mm -hmm. just open yourself up to receive the healing you need, which in this next week, a lot is available, which is the good news. Yeah. And I, yeah, absolutely not a criticism. However, it's just something to be really conscious with yourself about, Mm -hmm. especially if you know your natural avoidant techniques and you see yourself (laughs) starting to do them. I know mine a hundred percent. And I will call myself out be like, ah, I'm doing that thing. Great. What am I not looking at? And that is just a question to ask yourself. And I do it in that funny of a tone of just like, oh no, what's going on? Because it makes it, it gives levity to it. It gives you space. Exactly. So tell us about what is coming up because I know there's a lot of really interesting energy. Obviously, plugging again, Krista made an amazing video for the month of April that goes way in depth with these concepts. (laughs) So we're just touching them high level pinpoints for the energy that you're going to be feeling on these specific days. But if you want more information, please go check that out. It is on our YouTube and it is awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. I had a really good time with it. Um, But looking at the week from April 8th to the 14th, Again, it's another one of those weeks where almost every day is a transit, as is the the stick for April. And so on the 8th, we do have Mercury forming a sextile aspect with Mars. And sextiles, again, they are usually beneficial of some sort. They're a positive kind of energy, but they're not so smooth as a trine. So it's an opportunity is the way we like to kind of coin the phrase around a sextile aspect. So Mercury and Mars, this is opportunity for taking action. This is opportunity for quick thinking and decisiveness. So it's an, it's a, an opportunity again, to be able to take good intellectual action with something. Uh, This is one of the, for an announcement that is forthcoming from us, it's one of the alignments that I'm interested in for being able to take a next step in a plan Mm -hmm. that I have and that we have. And I'm just thinking, ooh, like quick action, the ball going out of your court and coming right back and like actually Mm -hmm. being able to move with something that you've been planning and strategizing and working with. So it kind of does fit that cerebral word that you were talking about before with the times being that way. And, uh, so, and again, Mars is in Aquarius at this point, Mercury, I believe is in, yeah, Mercury is in Aries at this point. So, um, Mars rules Aries. There's a lot of Mars energy there and a lot of cerebral energy with that Aquarius and Mercury involved. So lots of thoughts coming into fruition really mm-hmm. cool. Like I, I like to talk about, this is a great opportunity for taking something from concept to creation in a, in a very quick amount of time. So funny. Cause I do my energetic forecast before we ever talk. Like I always <laughs> yeah. put, like they're recorded before we ever get on a call with each other every week on Monday. And it always is like the exact same language. And every time it just makes me laugh so much because we have different approaches and the mm-hmm. same result. And I think it's just hilarious. So if you guys have seen yeah. that for me recording this week, um, yeah, that energy exactly is what I saw, which is just great because I'm glad that it's just double validates it for you all and for us of like, yeah, yeah. okay, that is really strongly the energy we'll be experiencing. Yeah. So that is on Friday. Okay. Then we move on to the ninth, which is Saturday. Uh, and this is, this is one that I think is really going to activate a transit that comes to completion on the 12th because the moon brings it in. So the moon forms a trine with Jupiter, which is applying to conjoin Neptune. The Jupiter-Neptune conjunction is a big deal. People have been looking at it for a while, especially astrologers, because Jupiter is the ruler of Pisces. Uh-huh. And Neptune is considered the modern co-ruler of Pisces. I'm more of a traditional astrologer. My Saturn is in Capricorn in the third house. Like it's just how I roll with that. Um, but 
those two coming together is like expansion and transcendence. And if you've ever watched my skits, Neptune is always wide-eyed and looking at the universe and just taking it all in. And Jupiter is big and boisterous. So you have these two coming together and forming a T-square with Pluto and Mercury, who are also kind of about to square off. Um, In fact, the next day they will perfect that square. So I feel like because the moon is trining this Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, that is going to draw it in and make it more personal for us. That's going to be where we can feel it the most. And by trine, that means the moon is in um, domicile. The moon is in Cancer. So the moon is where she loves to be. Jupiter and Neptune are in their space and they see each other really well. And the moon is our translator of that energy. Mm -hmm. So she's whispering it in our ear kind of thing. So this is when we're probably going to feel that Jupiter Neptune the most. And this is a perfect, um, a perfect opportunity for spiritual. I want to say initiation, not as like trial by fire, walk on burning stones kind of things, but just taking that turn of the corner in your perception, that space where your mind clicks into the, oh, and you have an epiphany and see the world in a different way. That Mm -hmm. kind of, it's an initiation. It's a beginning of a new worldview. So it takes you from seeing things one way to another. If that's not where someone is at in their process, they may not be ready to see things in a different way. And if they're resisting it, this can be a big illusion instead of a big vision. So when you don't have an anchor for all of this cosmic worldview and all of these new thoughts, and you don't allow yourself the space to process them, and you end up being reactionary, you end up contradicting yourself. You end up looking for something to blame, looking for something to pin, and you can't find it. So it just runs you in circles. And it's like, I've seen this tree before, you know? So that's something to be aware of that you may see in the headlines is a lot of um, people putting blame onto things and just throwing it wherever they can, because it gives them a sense of structure. It gives them a, and at least there's an answer for now that makes me mm-hmm. feel safe. But because you're here, because you have this heads up, I think that you are the type of person who's going to get the more spiritual opportunity out of this. I think this is going to be, um, especially with Mercury square Neptune in relation to this, um, or sorry, Mercury square Pluto, Pluto is transformation transcendence as well through that initiation process, the death and rebirth kind of process, leaving behind the the way of seeing something in order to see something fresh and new and totally different reborn Mm -hmm. and Mercury translating that Mercury traditionally did rule astrology. Now Uranus gets some credit for that as well, but Mercury is the calculator. So Mercury's thinking about it, which is why I feel like this is a worldview thing, especially with Jupiter being involved. And so this is really going into your spirituality. It's an opportunity to meditate, to take things in, to open yourself up. I would even do a card pool to anchor it and give yourself something to, to process. I think the day before you should set an intention. I think Mm. it should be something that you're going to claim an intention around and it'll work. However it works, but having that will help you have that little bit of anchored control. So actually, this is the perfect day to set the intention simply because the conjunction between Jupiter and Neptune will perfect on the 12th. So this is the moon saying, hey, this is us aligning with it. So this is the day where you can say, hey, moon, thanks for the for the telephone call, (laughs) making my intentions Uh now, doing my card pulls on the 10th. The very next day, the square between Mercury and Pluto will perfect. And then Mercury actually moves on into Taurus and Saturn will be at the bend of the nodes. So Saturn is creating this pivot point, like putting a stake in the ground between where we're coming from and where we're going and being very discerning and almost critical about like, 
what needs to be gotten rid of and what needs to actually be built to last. So it may feel a little restricting in where you can go, but that's mostly in my interpretation because, um, you know, you'll want to take these impulsive actions and like, if it's not working, just break it. If you've ever gotten frustrated and you're like, you know what, fine. And you just break something that energy Mm -hmm. may be there with that Mercury Pluto square, but then Mercury moves into an earthy sign. So it's this impulse to fix and nurture new growth. So rather than considering it like the breaking of things, this is a perfect time to tend and pull weeds wherever they may be in the garden that you're nurturing metaphorically and in life. Um, And that garden needs to sustain you. Saturn is saying, hey, if you're tilling this soil, make sure you're fertilizing it. Make sure you're taking the steps that are Mm -hmm. going to give you the long-term benefits because we're not here to just grow um, poppies and flowers and and daffodils. It's not, what is it, perennial. Mm -hmm. This is something, or no, perennial is the one that lasts all year round, right? It's not an annual flower. We're doing the perennial. Whatever one lasts all year round, whatever one, like we're planting the seeds now to reap them in the fall, that kind of harvesting process. So that's, I'm not a farmer. (laughs) I'm not very well versed in plants yet. I'm working on it. My father is a plant biologist and I'm just like, oh, he's he's screaming (laughs) at me if he listened to this because I don't know. And like, yeah, I know know annual names for plants because of him, but I, yeah, I think it's it's perennial. perennial. Yeah. Um, Sorry, yeah, I'm also trying to think of like pine trees. I know that they're evergreens, but we're mm-hmm. not talking evergreens either. We're planting something that is meant to sustain us long-term and come back and just really work. I got the the feeling, the vibe because of all this Aquarius energy too, of a biodome. Hmm. So something that is for the future, almost the future generation, our future self. So you're really high-fiving your future self with this and saying, I'm going to set you up for success today. And it's clearing that way and foreshadowing that kind of solar punk vibe, which I really Hmm. like. Uh, If if you haven't looked at solar punk vibe, I highly recommend looking it up on Pinterest. It's my new favorite thing. Probably going to write a book. I'm incorporating it into my current book, Tear Down the Sky, but I'm probably going to do more with it later in stories. Mm -hmm. And then the very next day, of course, we have the 12th when Jupiter conjuncts Neptune uh, by perfection. And at the same time, the sun will form a sextile to Saturn. I like this because where Jupiter and Neptune are just really happy to be staring at the sky and la-di-da, the sun and Saturn are saying, let's rationalize this. There's Mm -hmm. an opportunity here to take all of this energy and make it constructive and channel it into something. So everything we mentioned from the ninth now coming in, And this is, again, the difference between conspiracy and faith. Faith is founded in experience, in research, like we were talking about with the twin flames. If it's not founded and it's not rooted and it's not grounded, then you feel lost. So if you're Mm -hmm. feeling, um, one of my, my things lately is that concern is an illusion. It's simply the discomfort of not having answers. So if you feel concerned, pursue answers, and then you're good. Instead of saying, I have concerns, say, I have questions. And then pursue the answers to those questions once you've mm-hmm. identified them. This is a really great technique for what's going on with this. That's how you can channel that Jupiter-Neptune energy into something constructive. Uh, at this time, the moon over the next few days will also be opposing this. So it's giving us, the moon now is, instead of trying, on the other side saying, okay, bird's eye view. How does this look? What's the tension that I can create here so that I can have an objective discerning eye on this. And so that will help us again to make this more of a constructive situation. If we choose to remember a sextile aspect, isn't as easy as a trine. It doesn't just happen. It takes a little bit of elbow grease. It's kind of, it's shorter. So it reminds me of like a little elbow. 
because it looks like this in the chart. (laughs) So it's, we can do it. And I really like that. Um, And then the last one on the 14th is when Mars will get out of Capricorn or sorry, we'll get out of Aquarius and move into Pisces. So that's like pouring water on a flame where it's been in air up until this point. And so this to me, if you think about dousing a flame, you get steam release and this can obscure your view, but it's also very soothing and very cleansing. And so it's kind of like if you can choose to either be lost in the fog and frustrated by that, or you can choose to be at the sauna and let it be healing, let it be cleansing, let it, you know, sweat out any toxins, that kind of stuff. So it's a set time to settle down, think about where you're at, stew on it, let it boil and simmer. And then um, I, I want to hearken this back to the fact that Mars and Venus have been together, which to me is a very twin flame kind of thing too. I think that's why it's been coming up so much since those two have been together blending. People are looking at their divine masculine to their divine feminine and that balance. And those Mm -hmm. have been very blended. Now they're separating again, but now Mars, where they started out in Capricorn, which is Mars exalted territory, they're now in Venus's exalted territory. So Mars being war and Venus being peace, they went from war's territory Now they're moving Mm -hmm. into peace's territory. So this is about peace, justice, healing. It's the inverse of what we experienced in late February and early March. And I do want to make sure that we express that Pluto is still on Mars's exalted degree and about to go retrograde near the end of the month. So we're not ignoring everything that happened, but we're acknowledging that it was there, accepting it and saying, okay, this is where the transformation is happening. Kind of removing Mm -hmm. ourselves from the denial point in order to be able to take action. Yeah. Boom. Yep. When we're leading oh. into eclipse season, that's just coming in this next episode, honestly, mm. right? It's the next episode. Not in the next one. We actually have one full moon before then, and then Taurus okay. season begins. And then, then we have a grace is. week <laughs> before the final. The eclipse is actually on the very last day. So we started this month, April 1st, on a new moon. And we're actually going to end it on a new moon, too. The new moon yeah. happens to be an eclipse. A blue new. Blue yeah. new moon. Blue new moon. <laughs> astrologically anyway because it's not yeah yeah. which is really exciting and intriguing too so we're like definitely intriguing for that energy which is why it probably feels like a lot i think that's Mm -hmm. a big because this is coming in space which is important to note this is the month where i don't think you need to feel like you should push yourself i know it's aries season right now and we're all like yeah but get excited about the infinite potential and get mm-hmm. excited about how much you're capable of, and then open yourself up to being shown where you should go. So channel that impulsivity to trying new things and experimenting rather than to running the marathon, because that marathon's course may change by end of May. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that too. It's also, if you have been thinking about something forever, now is a great mm-hmm. time to try it, to not to push it, it to yeah. get it done but to just give it a shot. So for those of you who are writers, who I know listen to us and we appreciate that you're here, this is a perfect time to revisit some of your old old ideas and see which one resonates now. This is a perfect time to dive into continuing to write that book that you may or may not have been actively writing. This is perfect for that. It is not a great time for you to be like, oh no, it needs to be done and this needs to be productive and this needs to be coming out in that way. That is not what we're saying, but to experiment, explore and make it be fun and flowy, it's great. Yeah. Eclipses really do help signify new beginnings and new Mm -hmm. endings. Mm -hmm. So it's this cycle that, that goes back and forth. It's these hard points 
of if you look in the, like the doctor who way of thinking about things, it's a fixed point in time. It realigns us with divine timing. Mm-hmm. So whatever we've been up to, it's going to help us clean house and clean slate. Yeah. It would also be important to note, and this is for myself too, like whatever next spiritual skill you'd like to expand or grow upon, just because it seems fun. This is a good time to identify that and play mm-hmm. with it. Um, as opposed to being like, I need to be a master of this before I can move on. Like, well, find something yeah. fun to do energy wise. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we appreciate all of you and thank you so much for tuning in again. Um, Krista goes super in depth with that video on our YouTube, or if you just want to see us talk while we podcast and see our face expressions and whatever coffee cups we're drinking out of today, that (laughs) is where you can see that as well is on our YouTube, um, which is the Alchemist Inkwo. Krista and I have some really fun and exciting announcements and stuff coming up in the next couple months. So we're really thrilled about that um and we'll probably say all of it here first so thank you again for being on this journey with us and uh yeah if you have friends in your life that are into this stuff feel free to recommend us we really appreciate that that is typically how our podcast grows the most is through kind of word of mouth and it's a great time for sharing kind of spiritual insight with people i got together with some friends who are not particularly spiritual um a couple nights ago and they were all of a sudden into like what does my astrology chart say and what is my and I'm not an astrologer so I'm like well here's a very like I can give you <laughs> your big three have that energy sort of space um which was really fun though because people are starting to dip their toes in so if you have people in your life that are dipping your toe their toes in and you want to send us send them our way we would just really appreciate that and also don't be surprised as more and more people want to do that because we are really in our alignment in that space yeah Yeah. It's so much fun. And we're happy to be able to offer that support in Mm -hmm. anyone's life. Who's looking for that. All right. So on that note, we hope that you guys have an amazing week with all this energy and that you go go make make some some magic. magic.